0: Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, Then Manasseh Knew That the Lord He Was God. This shall be focused on the study of Second Chronicles chapter 33. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we read about Manasseh, how disappointing it is that he had been taught well by his father Hezekiah, but he strayed from your paths. But Lord, we are thankful to recognize that he did humble himself and came back to follow your ways. That shows us, Lord, that you're God of mercy as much as you're God of judgment too. We also pray, Lord, to recognize even the story of Ammon, how he was a lot different from Manasseh, how he hardened his heart and father, his that led to his destruction. We pray, Father, may we be like Manasseh when we commit sins against Thee and when we wrong Thee, that, Lord, we quickly run to the altar and we make it right. We thank You, Lord, that You said, No man can come to the Father except through me. We thank You for Your election, that You changed our hearts and have given us the desire to follow after Thy will. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 33.
1: Chapter 33. Manasseh was twelve years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem. But did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again high places, which Hezekiah his father had broken down. And he reared up altars for Baalim, and made groves, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven, and served them. Also he built altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be for ever. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Also he observed times, and used enchantments, and used witchcraft, and dealt with a familiar spirit, and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a carved image, the idol which he had made, in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed for your fathers, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. So Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err, and to do worse than the heathen, whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns, and bound him with fetters, and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers, and prayed unto him. And he was entreated of him, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem, into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Now after this he built a wall without the city of David, on the west side of Gihon, in the valley, even to the entering in at the fish gate, and compassed about Ophel, and raised it up a very great height, and put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. And he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of the Lord, and all the altars that he had built in the mount to the house of the Lord, and in Jerusalem, and cast them out of the city. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, and sacrificed thereon peace offerings and thank offerings, and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people did sacrifice still in the high places, yet unto the Lord their God only. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, and his prayer unto his God, and the words of the seers that spake to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, Behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel. His prayer also, and how God was entreated of him, and all his sin, and his trespass, and the places wherein he built high places, and set up groves and graven images, before he was humbled. Behold, they are written among the sayings of the seers. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house. And Ammon his son reigned in his stead. Ammon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign, and reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh his father. For Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh his father had made, and served them, and humbled not himself before the Lord, as Manasseh his father had humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed more and more, and his servants conspired against him and slew him in his own house." But the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon. And the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead.
0: Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Burnham titled The Angel of the Lord. This was preached in 1953 on June the 4th. We'll begin at paragraph 14 up to paragraph 33. I trust you find it to be a blessing.
2: Now, have faith in God. Just a little testimony, I feel, if I have time for it. i got ten minutes. The night of healing of Congressman Upshaw, how many ever heard of his healing? Let's see. Many of you. He'd been in England for years. God who I stand before tonight, I never heard of the man in my life, though so he run for president in 29. I was a little boy then. I didn't remember him. But I just walked into the place where thousands of people were gathered. There's probably as many wheelchairs as what's sitting around in here, together. And I'd come to the platform. I was happened to be looking down through the audience, and I seen a, a vision of a little boy playing on a haystack, and he fell and hurt his back, and a doctor with a white mustache had operated on him and didn't do no good, saw him bore holes in the floor so he couldn't stand for the vibration of walking on the floor. And I said, I see him become a great man, and he, he makes speeches and so forth. Then he becomes even a greater person, and it left me. I happened to look around through all those places. They just brought the old man in, and he was in a wheelchair. Dr. Roy Davis, the Missionary Baptist Church that ordained me into the Missionary Baptist Church, was the one who sent him to me. The one who first told me I had a nightmare when the angel of the Lord came to me. Now he's preaching divine healing himself. <clears throat> so, he said in his letter, many of you read in The Voice of Healing where he said, if I hadn't have been backslid in my own heart, I would have believed the boy in the beginning. And so, now, he sent him over there. And the old fellow said, there sits the old man there. So I didn't know where he's going to be healed or not, I couldn't say. A colored woman was down this way, I've seen a doctor send him shell glasses on, right up over where was setting. And it, it operated on a little colored girl and paralyzed her from taking her tonsils down. When I spoke what I had seen, a typical Aunt Jemama type of an old colored sister, way down, way out, let out a scream, and here she comes knocking ushers everywhere. <laughs> bringing her baby. She said, that was the kind of man that operated on my baby, and I looked, and it was the same little girl. She said, will my baby ever be well? I said, I don't know, Andy, I can't say, I only can say what I see. The prayer line had not been called. Then I looked again, and she was crying, and they formed some usher's her from bringing it up on the platform, because I don't think the woman even had a prayer card or anything to get into the line. The ambulance had just brought the case up. As I look back again, i seen seen something materializing over the audience. It looked like a street. And when it got straightened out, it was a street or a road. And here went this little colored girl walking down the road with this doll in her arm rocking it like this. That settled it. All the devils in hell couldn't stop at the end. That's all. I said, Auntie, God has rewarded you Said, What you mean? I said, Your baby is healed. She said, Oh Lord, she began to scream. She said, You mean my baby's going to get well? I said, It's well now. And the little girl raised up, said, Look in here, mother. And people began screaming and fainting. And the little girl colored mother put her hands in one another and walked out of the building, rejoicing. Now, I never healed the child, did I? I never touched the child. Her faith and God's what did it. I only said what he told me to say. Then I looked back. I suppose Brother Baxter sitting around somewhere. He was standing present at the time. Maybe a lot of people else was, was at here Tonight was there. But I happened to look going down across the audience like a shadow, and here went that old congressman who had been sitting in a wheelchair. He had been crippled and England for 66 years. Fell when he was seventeen. Was eighty-six years old. Congressman William D. Upshaw, congressman of the United States. Seventeen years of service. They'd wheel him in a little bed part of the time in a wheelchair. He had crutches with things over to fit over him. So when he got up, they could. Many of you knew him. Perhaps you heard him speak. How many ever know Congressman Upshaw? Was well, sure. See, you know. All right, and there he was sitting there, and I looked. And I've seen him with a pinstripe suit on, brown and white pinstripe suit, going walking down across that audience in a, like a vision, going, tipping his hat. He's the one who got me started on these hats like that. He wore them tipping his hat like that, very southern, with his hospitality, bowing to the people. I knew he was healed. So I, the vision had caught me so far to I staggered. Or the impact of the Spirit of God. I'm sure you believers understand what I'm talking. I tried. You say, Oh, Brother Bram, that wouldn't make why did it make Jesus so weak to even the, the waves didn't wake him up in the boat? Why did he say, Virtue has gone from me? Why did the angel on the pool come down and heal one person and pull the whole angel off the pool maybe for a month? Don't understand. Why was Daniel troubled at his head for many days when he saw one vision? See? It's hard to understand, but you just have to believe. Then I started to stagger. I said, It seems like if the congressman of God was going to heal him, now he was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention for years. He had been prayed for by thousands of people. Mr. Jaggers, out on the West Coast, who had a campaign there, had prayed for him many times. Mr. Ogilvie, Mr. Ogilvy, I believe, had prayed for him several times. All around, different people had prayed for him for 66 years. I said, "Seems like God would have healed you when you was just a little bitty boy, when your bones were were had calcium in them, and not wait till you get old and brittle like this." But the Lord Jesus has made you whole right now. Stand up, and there a man who had been an invalid and stood for the right. He would have been President of the United States if he hadn't stood stood against whiskey. But he took on the dry ticket and was defeated because America didn't have enough Christians to back him up. But God had grace to back him. And when he was an old man sitting there, 86 years old, the power that raised Christ from the grave, took that old twisted-up body and straightened him out and made him a perfect whole man right there, and he walked to the platform a normal man. Touching his toes to the floor, traveled through the United States and everywhere to England and before Churchill and all of them testifying of the glory of God. Healed! I never even touched the man. Never had nothing to do with it. His faith in God's what healed him. I never even prayed for him. He'd been prayed for enough. But it was just this time, God just revealed it. Looked like when. God would have was told, when Hezekiah was talking to God, the prophet went up and told him, set your house in order, or you're going to die. You're not coming off of this bed. And the prophet done, he had the vision, the prophet went and told the king just exactly what the Lord told him. And Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and no, that was the prophet. So he began to weep bitterly and he said, Lord, I beseech you to consider me. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. Wouldn't you like to have that testimony? Said, I need 15 years. What for? To run around? No. For the kingdom of God's sake. Tear down the altars of Balaam and build up the altars of God and set the place in order. That's right. Now, looking here, the greatest military and uh, one of the greatest Christians, that we call it today, in the nation. Now, here it is. I want you to get it. The king, not an unbeliever, a true believer, a worshiper of God in prayer, sincere weeping with his face to the wall on his deathbed. Looked like God would have spoken to him. He's the greatest figure in the nation as far as politics was concerned. He was the king. But God has his own ways of doing things. Instead of doing that, The prophet had done gone, so he spoke to the prophet and said, Return back and tell him. I heard his prayer. Go to spare him for fifteen years. God speaking to his prophet to go tell him. Now, it wasn't the prophet's prayer that healed the king. It was the king's own prayer. But God spoke to the prophet and told him what he... See what I mean? Amen. I hope you see that. Get what I mean? Now, he's the same God tonight. Now look what prayer does. Prayer changed from death to life. God had said, The man's going to die, and I believe Isaiah told the truth. He was born to prophet, and his words were true and came from God. And then Hezekiah's prayer changed the opinion of God. Oh, my. I like that. Prayer changes things. It's the most powerful force that God ever put in the hands of man it is a sincere prayer offered to God. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I'll do. Believe it. Try it once and see if it isn't true. Just remember a little case. Just only of It's really time right now, but you'll pardon me just a moment. I just come home. all of that revival just comes to my mind. happened just below here. And I was going away to area of Pennsylvania, my pal, brother Baxter, and all of us were going up there for a meeting, have a few meetings up in Ohio, Toledo. M- maybe some of you might have been from Toledo meeting and up, and that's where I was at. And I, when I got home, a Baptist preacher, the pastor of the Milltown Baptist Church. Brother Hall. My brother Wood, I see you laughing because I know you know him. And you know the case. Brother Beeler, you do too. <clears throat> Fine man, one of my converts, was ordained as the Baptist minister of the Milltown Baptist Church, Milltown, Indiana, where a little girl had been healed, belonged to the Church of Christ that wanted to run me out of the city. And the little girl had been laying on her back nine years and eight months with TB and hadn't even moved from her back. For nine years and eight months, Miss George D. Carter, right to her, go down and see her, it's not very far, two hours drive, and she'd been laying for nine years, you see her doctor, any of them you want to, The neighborhood, and all the neighborhood said, let that holy roller preacher come down and heal her. Then we'll believe. That's just a lie of the devil. If you won't believe by the preaching of the gospel, you won't believe anyhow. You were maybe ordained not to believe. You may be on the unbeliever's side. But they said if that girl could be healed, well, the father and mother, the father was a deacon in the church, and they said if any of the church members ever went to one of my meetings, they just might as well get their papers and leave the church, because so that was all. They didn't believe it. It was right. It was the devil. So, well, finally the little girl cried so hard that I went out one afternoon. The mother and father left the room, wouldn't even come in, nothing. I went and had prayer for him. went on out. The poor little thing cried so hard that day, she said if she could get healed, she believed that she could be healed. I looked at the, the other day, did you ever see her bed there, have you ever been in a the room there that where she, on the rounds of the bed where she had, had her little hands back until she couldn't raise her hands this way no more? And she, she had uh, pulled all the paint off the bed, and she weighed around 37 pounds, she's 26 years old, and been laying there for nine years and eight months without moving off her back excuse this expression, they couldn't put her on a bedpan. They had a rubber sheet, just pulled a draw sheet. Her limbs up here were approximately about that big around. And I never seen, you ought to see her picture. And when she'd go to spit in the sputum and cup, she'd go, (laughs) and they'd have to raise the cup up. That's the way it was. She hadn't seen the trees or nothing. And her mother, a fairly young woman, her early fifties, had turned completely gray and stricken with palsy, sitting for nine years watching her baby die without hope. It started into the throat, went down through the chest, into the female organs, and through her TB. They give her up five years before that. And I went out to baptize some Methodist brother, and I'm not saying this in any harm to you, but he made fun of immersing, and I've been baptizing, all well, their are Totten's Ford, baptizing by immersing. And he'd had a revival out there, and he said, Them Baptists ain't nothing, but I forget what he called me. And so when his converts were standing on the bank, I walked out into the river to baptize, and God, my judge, every one of his converts walked right out with their good clothes on was baptized that afternoon. uh, That's right, Mr. Smith, Reverend Mr. Smith, the Methodist Church. So I went up to Mr. Wright's to have dinner. And it's way in the country, in the hills. And so I said, something tells me to go over in the woods and pray. And so Brother Wright said, now when you hear Ma in the bell, said it's time to come for dinner. I said, all right. And the evening sun was setting. And so when I went over there and I knelt down to pray, and uh, stickers began to stick me, you know, green briars. I got up and moved over a little farther, and chips was so hard on my knees I couldn't pray. Be careful when them things happening. It's the devil. God's trying to do something right then. When you see the fight coming on. So I just got, just threw up my hands, and I began weeping. I said, Lord, have mercy. I don't know what, and I got lost in prayer. I didn't know how long I was praying. And I could hear that bell ringing, but I couldn't get to myself. And just caught away. Now, after they sent out search parties over through the woods hunting for me, and as I stand there with my hands up, I happened to look to a little dogwood bush, and here was this same light hanging up there in that dogwood bush, and a light shining down to it, and a voice said, Go over the way of Carters, for thus saith the Lord. She's going to be healed. I did I rose up real quick. I started running down through the woods, and I jumped over a little fence and right into the arms of Brother Wright. He said, Brother Bram said, Mother's got supper on the table, said it. Well, I said, I, We don't know where you... What's been the matter? I said, We can't eat now, Brother Wright, for the Lord is going to heal little Georgie Carter. said, When does she go be healed? I said, Just as soon as we get there. For I just met the angel of the Lord there in that dogwood bush, and he told me to go by the way of Carter's. And... He said, you? and a fellow by the name of Mr. Brace had just brought his wife from Texas. He said, Brother Branham, can I go with you and see it done? I said, you're welcome. So we got in, and at the same time, her mother, and I'll give her her address, and I want each one of you to write and see in her own testimony, or go down and see her just a little way. Look, that's through the city and everywhere. And so on the road down, why her mother, the little girl had been so weeping so that she wanted to come and be baptized that afternoon. But I prayed for her, but she hadn't been healed. And so I'd, uh, on the road, before I got there, her mother said, she just couldn't stand to see the little girl cry. So she went into the other room and she knelt. Now here's her testimony. I can I can only repeat her words. Said she went in and knelt down and raised up her hand. She said, Lord God, we've served you reverend over here in this church. My husband, a deacon. And I've done all that I know how to do. And said, so that imposter, William Branham, has come through here and got my little girl all stirred up, and there she lays dying, and there she is all stirred up about this divine healing thing. Said, so, Lord, why you let a person like that live? And she just saying horrible things. And he said, why did he come through here to do this, and what have I ever done to cause this? Now, here's what she said. She opened her eyes while in prayer, and her daughter, they live in a lovely big home there, and so... Her daughter from the next door, she thought, was coming over. she seen a shadow, the sun coming through the window on the wall, and she thought it was her daughter, but when she looked, it wasn't. It was someone with a robe on with beard hanging down. He said, Who's that coming? And said, She looked over here, and she seen me coming with my Bible over my heart like this, the high forehead here, walking like that, and two men follow me. And said, she said, Oh, I, I must have went to sleep. I, I, I was dreaming. And she ran in and said, Georgie? She said, What, Mother? She said, I, 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 Something's happened. She said, I was out there praying and, and I, I, I dreamed or something. She said, I thought I'd seen Jesus coming and He pointed me over to... And just about that time, she heard a door slam. and There, I was getting out of the car. <laughs> God works on both ends of the line. Bible over the heart. Them two men, Mr. Wright and Mr. Hall, or Mr. Brace, followed me coming up the steps, and the mother fainted. The little girl, I don't know how I ever got in the door, opened the door, walked over where she was. Brother, I don't care how many demons would be present, whatever will be there, God has done spoken, and nothing can change it. His words are true. They're for everlasting, from everlasting, true. There laid a little believer laying there in the midst of persecution and everything still with her little heart centered on God believing yet.
1: And in prayer
2: wasn't my prayer, it was her prayer. I walked towards the bed I said, "Sister Carter, the Lord Jesus in whom you've trusted all these years has sent his angel out here in the woods and has told me to come down and lay my hands up on you that you might be made well. I said, "Therefore take no the thought of how you shall do it." but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up. How was she going to do it with legs that big and never moved off the bed in nine years and eight months? And God, who is my solemn judge, in five minutes from then was out in the yard walking around blessing the trees and blessing the grass perfectly normal and well. And here come the Baptist preacher from... there come her father came down the road coming from his barn packing a little milk and he heard his mother had come to the self, and they were screaming and crying and carrying on. They didn't know what had happened. He thought the little girl might have died, so he hurried real quick. He rushed into the front door. The critic, making fun, what did he find? His little daughter sitting at the organ playing, Jesus, keep me near the cross, there's a precious fountain. all oh, a healing stream flows from Calvary's fountain. He's Fainted in the floor, dropped his milk, canning it, just working with the mother out in the room and all screaming, while they had the whole city out there in a few moments. But did they turn to Christ? No. She is my piano player in the Middletown Baptist Church tonight. That's been about six years ago. Never been to bed with as much as a bad cold since. Nine years and eight months without moving off the bed. Brother, still they live in unbelief down in there. It's all the devil done it. That's past redemption. Look, I haven't time for something else I was going to tell you about that pastor uh, maybe tomorrow night. Friend, I had nothing to do with the healing of that girl. I only told her what he told me. I had nothing to do with the healing of anyone. It's your faith in God that does the healing, like your faith in God does the salvation. Jesus, when He died at Calvary, He, there on Calvary, He purchased your healing and salvation. Nineteen hundred years ago, every sick person in here was healed. Nineteen hundred years ago, every sinner in here was forgiven but it will never do you any good until you accept it. Now, the only, if a man comes through and he said, I am a divine healer, I have something I'll do for you, the man, as really, maybe I'd say this, he might be sincere, but he doesn't understand the Scripture. And the man is, is bearing witness of something that isn't true. I'm a fundamentalist. And it must come from, thus saith the law. But, brother, sister, tonight I'm telling you the truth that our Lord Jesus in this end-day time has appeared unto the give glory to all his people and to bring salvation in the baptism of the Holy Spirit to those who believe and healing of the body to every believer. May you believe tonight as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Jesus, the Son of God, and for his remembrance of we poor, unworthy creatures, Gentiles, carried away with dumb idols, one time alienated from God without hope, without God, without Christ in the world, dying, going to a sinner's grave, a devil's hell. And then Christ came along and died for us and redeemed us to God. I just can't understand that kind of love, Lord. How did you do it? Why did you do it? Oh, I'm so happy you did. It's such amazing grace. Unconditionally called us when our nature was against you. No man can come to me except my Father draws him. And the Holy Spirit draws us and we come to Christ. He gave us the new birth. Now we're believers. And then besides that, coming back in our midst and confirming his word with signs following. God gripped the heart of every person here tonight in a special way. Bless this little city, Lord. We realize it needs an old-fashioned revival, as all the other cities do, but we're so thankful that they give us the privilege of coming to this stadium, letting us have these places, the men, the city officials, or whoever is behind it. God, I pray that you'll never let them bite the dust of hell. May they be saved. Grant it, Lord, for this kind act. Bless all the churches. Some of them are unbelief. Some of them will not believe. We know, Father, but we pray that your grace will be extended to them anyhow. And from our hearts, we mean that. Thou knowest our hearts. We pray that the revival will be a help to every church, and all the surrounding churches everywhere. And then to thy children who is born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, God, meek in their hearts, let them walk worthy of this great calling that we've been called, going about living for you and teaching others praying for them and ministering to the sick and the wayward, the down and out. Grandfather, we don't know how much longer we have to do this, but someday I too have got to come down to the end of the road. I see it, Lord, as these hard, strenuous nights, days are passing, shoulders are stooping, won't be long, so I, too, will have to answer. But I've asked you a long time ago, Lord, I don't want any trouble at the river. I want everything clear when crossing time comes. And when I get there that day, I want to take the old sword of life here and stick it back in the sheets of eternity, raise up my hands, take off the helmet, lay down the shield, scream, send out the lifeboat, I want to come over, bear our weary souls and across Jordan into a better land where there's no sickness and no more prayer for the sinner or for the sick. We'll be with Jesus then. Father, tonight may this meeting be the cause of many preparing for that time. And beyond that and outside of that. May many the sick and all the sick and afflicted be healed, for we ask that in Christ's name. Amen.
0: As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the lesson today, Lord, to recognize that your Lord was full of mercy. And Father, give us the spirit of humility that we see in Manasseh, where, Lord, he recognized that he had sinned against thee and you turned his feet towards thy testimonies. So, Father, help us to have that heart, the same heart that David had. As soon as he recognized he had sinned against thee, Lord, he was in supplication, and we know, Lord, that we don't follow you because we decided to, but you've elected us, and you've given us the heart to follow after thy word. So, may you cleanse us and purify us, and create in us a clean heart, O God, that we may teach transgressors your ways. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
3: He just simply
4: loved me
5: He was stripped and in pain, but on the cross, not once did he think about his shame. As his blood flowed from that tree, all he thought about was you.
3: Such love and mercy, the price he paid.